Joe and Limo for breakfast. On Gold 104.3. Hey, what a great week, guys. Really? Yes. Well done. Well done. Hey, let's get some highlights, huh? Yeah, let's do that. What about Beck? Um, oh, the Gold 104 forecast every week. Oh, it's so, so much, much fun. fun. All right, how's your day going to start? That's what this is all about. And that's what the Gold 104 forecast is for. Lynette in Yalambi, the very place I grew up. How's it going there in Yalambi today? Oh, it's great. Having a good lay-in today, so I'm feeling good. Oh, okay, right. well, let's hope that the forecast <laughs> supports that. Okay. <laughs> Lynette in Yalambi, here is your Gold 104 forecast. That's why I tell you You'd better be home Soon Well, it- it sounds like you're home now. Lynette. No, but maybe, you Lynette, must... is there someone you'd like to come oh. home now? Yes, there is. Someone who's gone away. Oh. Alan. Oh. oh. How, where, when is that person coming back? We don't know. He's looking after his mother in England. She's she's not well. She's oh. healthy. Oh, oh, no. Well, there you go. That is a, that's an appropriate it forecast really then. You want someone home soon. Mm. Uh, there we go. Well, Lynette, you are up and about, though. Hopefully you have a, uh, continue to have a good day there. Mm. Oliver. In Paran, good morning. Good morning, how are we? Are you ready for your Gold 1 forecast? Now, of course, these have been randomly selected and we don't know what they are, mm. so uh, we're not responsible, Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready, I'm As, ready. Oliver, <laughs> here it is, your Gold 1 forecast. You're out of touch. Oh. <laughs> I'm out of touch. <laughs> oh, oh, Oliver, no. you, you sound pretty young and in touch to me. I know, and I've also got a confession, guys. What's yeah. that? I have also, I have been through the self checkout and I've stolen something. <gasps> oh, Oliver! What Oliver. did you What did you hook, Oliver? Um, I reckon it was just a Swiss multivitamin, to be honest. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, no. I mean, they're not cheap. Oh, they're expensive. They're... I mean, I'm laughing, but I don't mean it. Oliver, why didn't you call earlier when we needed you? <laughs> I'm a coward. <laughs> <laughs> He's, He's out of touch. That's yeah. And out of time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so there we go. Make <laughs> sure you. Make sure you pay for your Swiss vitamins. Yeah. Uh, Alex. Hello. Uh, uh, hey, Alex. Uh, have you had a good morning so far? I've had a great morning, thank you. Well, let's see if we can add to that, Alex, with your gold 104 card. Oh, no, Ali. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you done some dumb things, Alex? Oh, I've done some rippers. Yeah. Well, I mean, the problem is this is a forecast, so it suggests there's more dumb things coming. Yeah. All right. Well, just keep your shirt on. That we should have played that for Oliver, who stole (laughs) the multivitamins. That's true. Uh, All right. Thank you, Alex Scott in uh, Roeville. Are you ready for your uh, to find out how your day's going to roll out? How are we going, guys? Yeah. A good mate to Scott in Roeville. Here is your gold 104 you, Scott. Is there someone yeah. you feel you need to be forgiving of, perhaps? Um, oh, maybe. There might be a couple. Yeah, <laughs> a couple. Yeah. There we go. Well, keep your eyes forward. Don't That's look back it. in anger. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Scott. And finally, Catherine in Mornington. Hello. Good morning. How you all doing? We are very, very well, Catherine. Let's find out how you are going to do with your gold 104 cast. Catherine, got a got a man in your sights today? Um, if I go around the corner into the other room, I will. Yeah, oh, here we go. there you go. go. That's the way. <laughs> Encouraging you to bring some spice to your life today, Catherine. <laughs> OK, 
Okay, I better get on to it then. Yeah, you better. All right. Oh, there it is. That's how you start your week, right there. With a gold 104 cast. That's it back every Monday, by the way. Hey, uh, John Bleeby, you got a highlight of the week? Uh, Kid in Adelaide. Funny enough to start off with, but um, it's got stuck in a skill tester. Mm. (laughs) You put put a dollar coin into this machine, not a toddler. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mark in Yarra Glen, where did your kid get stuck? Uh, it was my nephew back in England when he was eight years old. Yeah. He was uh, shopping with my sister and uh, he had one of the metal baskets and he decided to put it over his head. And somehow he managed to get the handles stuck either side of his head. Um, so my sister, did, my sister did the walk of shame through the checkout to the maintenance room to have it cut off his head. He's walking around with the basket. Yeah, yeah. That's a new hat that I got. It's, uh... How old was he, Mark? He was eight. eight. Oh, I thought he was a toddler. He's eight years old and he, he managed to get his head stuck in there and it was very embarrassing. Wow. Well, it's good gear. Could eight, catch on one day. Eight is too old to be putting your head Sh- where it doesn't belong. Shopping basket hat. <laughs> I mean, uh, tell you that. good advice generally. Thank you, Mark. Lena sure. in Avondale Heights. Where did your kid get the head stuck? Oh, that, where did the kid get stuck, I should say? Yes, good morning. Uh, this is an oldie, but uh, it comes up every Christmas because my son, when he was five, got stuck in my parents' laundry chute. Ooh. Oh, that's... Is that one of those ones that goes from, like, second yes. story to down to the ground story? Yes. Ooh. Christmas Eve, and uh, we get a phone call. I'd mix out with Mum for a few minutes, saying, quick, rush back. He's stuck in the laundry chute, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And <laughs> he got himself wedged in there and rushing back. And, uh, <laughs> yes... <laughs> Did the fire brigade have to come? We were, well, I was trying to find it. My husband said, quick, ring the fire brigade. And I went blank, not thinking to ring super low, looking for a fire brigade number because I was in a big penny. And I um, managed to get him out. So his, his little hand was still wedged up high. But I uh, said, what were you doing in there? Of all places. And he said, I was looking for Santa Claus. No. Oh, he's looking for Santa. Well, that makes sense because if you haven't got a chimney in your house, well, Santa Santa's might go down the laundry chute. Come in the laundry chute, of course. Yeah. Santa's very skilled in that area, though. Don't yeah. try and emulate his work, kids. No. Uh, Kim in Packenham, where did your kid get stuck? Um, he actually got stuck in a pelican's mouth. <laughs> Hang on, like a real, like an actual alive yeah, pelican. Yeah, yeah. Tried to eat him. Tried, and then you couldn't get it out. No, no, we were at a park and he was like chasing after the pelicans like he'd chase after a seagull. Yeah. yeah and right. we said, oh, we said, if you sit down, he was only just over 12 months old. And we said, if you sit down, they might come up to you. Yeah. And of course, the pelicans come up to him and we've gone, oh, photo opportunity, quick, quick, get the camera. And <laughs> next thing, the pelicans swung its head and they've got like a big thing underneath their Yeah, head, yeah the gullity thing. Yeah. yeah. And it just went, Phew. Oh, the top of him, and yeah, we're just like screamed, and yeah, the pelican panicked, and yeah, he reappeared. <laughs> there we go. You got your own little storm boy right there, Kim. Were there any injuries Mr. afterwards? Mr. Percival. <laughs> yeah, but he's a bit wary of pelicans. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Keep your keep your head out of the pelicans. Kids getting stuck. Yeah, you're going to get your head stuck at some point, somewhere. Are you? Well, I haven't. Oh. <laughs> have, I, have I got that waiting for me? Oh, you've got to try a little harder. <laughs> yeah. uh, Step up, Joe. <laughs> yeah. All right, uh, Bryza, highlight of the week. So all this week you guys have more or less been giving the people of Melbourne a money-can't-buy experience to meet Paul McCartney. Mm. Unbelievable. 
and lucky Marnie from a suburb that escapes me. Bomb Beach. Bomb there Beach. we go. Yep. Scored that. Marnie in Bomb Beach. It's come to this. It's Friday. Oh, my Lord. Last fan standing. Oh, Dal, you have played this so beautifully. You've been oh, solid all week. How are you feeling mm. right now? Oh, I'm shaking all over. <laughs> all right. Hey, well, Marnie, not to make mm. you any more nervous than you already oh, are, God. but let's quickly run through the prize. This is oh, what sugar. This is what <laughs> this is what today's winner receives. Yeah. It's a VIP hot sound package. It includes mm-hmm. two premium diamond level tickets, mm-hmm. invitation to Paul McCartney's sound check. That's mm. very cool. Priority mm-hmm. check in and entrance, pre-show hospitality mm-hmm. a reception where you get the meet and greet. Uh, mm-hmm. commemorative ticket, limited edition numbered lithograph, uh, mm-hmm. official Paul McCartney merchandise, and a collectible laminate uh, to wow. remember your evening. It's not a bad little package, is it? I think I could handle it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Marnie, as you've been cramming throughout the week, has yes. your little mind thought, how could there be more, possibly more for me to know? Do you feel uh-huh. like you've got the whole breadth of Paul McCartney knowledge under I, your belt? I always thought I knew a lot about Paul, but now I can honestly say I know just about everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we will find out for sure today, Marnie. But it's not just about okay. knowing it. It's about the speed with which you can recall it. I know. You're up yeah. against... Jackie in Croydon. Good morning. Hello. Uh, Jackie. Oh. oh, you sound up and about too. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm a bit nervous. Ja- you, you'll be right, Jackie. Now, clearly you're a massive Beatles slash Paul McCartney fan. I am. To what extreme have you gone for Paul McCartney, Jackie? Oh, look, when I was in labour, all I had playing was the Beatles. Oh, so yeah. as my daughter was being born 20 years ago, Hey Jude was playing. Mm. Oh. Did you name her Jude? I didn't know. Oh, my I'm father got the better of that. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Man, uh, they insist on having a say. Okay, you sound like I a big fan. <laughs> Jackie, <laughs> let's test your buzzer. It's your name. Jackie. And Marnie. Marnie. Let's go. Okay, all righty. Okay. <clears throat> uh, from looking at the album cover of Abbey Road, which Beatle... Crossed Abbey Road first. Marnie. Marnie. That would be John Lennon. Mm. Well done. Solid. Yeah. Well so it's the best so of three here. Okay, yeah. so Marnie mm-hmm. could win it with this. This next oh. question. Oh, okay. or, or Jackie could make it one all. Oh, it's true. Mm. Okay, next question. What is the name of the 2007 film that contains 34 Beatles songs? Marnie. Oh. Marnie. Oh God! I've just gone blank. It's for John. It's for Ron Howard one. Um, 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 um. Oh my God! No, it passed. I've gone. Oh no! This goes across. Money goes to you, Jackie. Oh no! I'm not sure. The 2007 film that contains 34 Beatles songs. Oh no. no! It's called Across the Universe. Yes. Right, so yeah. still okay, so point story. for Marnie. <laughs> none remains at one to Marnie, none to Jackie. Yeah, Jackie, you still win it here. Uh, okay. Uh, question three: Who did Paul McCartney collaborate with on the song "Ebony and Ivory"? Marnie. Uh, yes, Marnie. Marnie. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 
God. You've done it. Uh, firstly, Jackie, thank you for playing and bad luck today. Sorry, Jackie. That's okay. Well done to Marnie. She oh, deserves thank it. You. Oh, good you, on you, Jackie. Yeah, thank goodness Jackie didn't steal it. I'm sorry, Jackie, but I was I was so hoping Marnie could oh, bring this home. for the work that you've done, what a performance, Marnie. That good is five in a row, Marnie. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, oh, sorry, that was my husband. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Hey, and, Marnie, you are off to meet Paul McCartney amongst all those oh. other awesome aspects to yes. your prize, but most oh. importantly, you meet him. I know, that's the one. That's the, that's, the, that's the amazing thing that I've been wanting all my whole life. So thank you so, so, so much. What, what are you going to say to him? Oh, I don't know. First, I'll tell him I love him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know, he's been part of my life my whole life. My parents, you know, um, grew up, grew me up with his music and our wedding song was My Love and, you know, oh, every nah. aspect of our life has had the Beatles in it and we just love them. So well, I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, mate, it was, was close. Oh, so It was nerve-wracking, but she got that. Second yeah. question, I was... I know. Yeah. I'm so happy she got it, though, because imagine if it got, if it got stolen from her yeah. at the last minute. Joe and Limo for breakfast. On Gold 104.3. Uh, Troy, hold on a week. Oh, Liam's major embarrassment for Joe this week with mm. an enormous booger <laughs> oh, hey, jammed up her nostrils. Was it enormous? It was so enormous at one point, the booger said, <laughs> yeah. someone could have told me I had this Joe Stanley stuck up me. You could see it from the moon. <laughs> it was World mm. Kindness Day yesterday, right? And mm. I spent the day trying to be kind. Looking oh, yeah. for opportunities to be kind. And little did I know, whilst I was doing that, people mm. were being repeatedly unkind to me. How so? Because when I got home last night, mm. after a full day's activity, oh, yeah. like I've been out the whole day, got right. home at 6.30 okay. so, with Willow. So you saw a lot of people yesterday? Lots. Yeah, right. Lots of people. Mm. And I got home and I, I realised, upon yeah. looking in the mirror <laughs> for the first time that whole day, yep. that I had what... Colloquially is termed a bat in the oh, cave. Oh. Right? Now, yeah, I then immediately on. went into a tailspin and re- re- repeated back to myself all the people working backwards I had seen that day. Yeah. Jazz ballet, mums and teachers, oh. tennis, mums and parents. Was and, it? and then going backwards, I'd been like at the supermarket, yeah. I'd been to the gym, I'd been all over the place. And right? you'd been here. I mean, we spotted it in the morning but didn't want to say anything. We did well. <laughs> hey, no, don't tell me. Is that true? To, uh, just first, let me ask a couple of questions. <laughs> Is that true? When, when, when you saw the bat in the cave, yes. was it in the cave or was it trying to escape the cave? I would say it was half in, half oh, out. Oh, was escape was. And I'm like, why d- would anyone tell me? I think that is the kindest thing to do. Oh, I think it's for someone. And now, and in the past, I've seen other people. And that mm. is now my oath. To the world, yeah. That if I see someone with a little, I would say, I'll just let, oh, letting okay. you know right. you needed, you got a little something. So you will always now say something because you don't okay. want to be, have people walking around the whole day okay. not knowing no. how embarrassing. That's great. Okay, let's do a role play. So I've got bat in the cave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just wondering. Got a, that's a horse, Troy. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> I, mean, I, was like, I, I mean, if you've got a horse in the cave, <laughs> you're really in trouble. Yeah, you're in real trouble there. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd work that out for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a bat in the cave. <laughs> I see you and I say, oh, g'day, Joey, how are you? Mm-hmm. I would say, mm. Leems, oh, Leems, you need a tissue. So That's what I'd what? say. Why? <laughs> you got a little something. What? And you, just oh, I've, a got something. Some, I've got some pen on my nose. I'll just no, wipe the end of my nose. I've got tissue. some pen. You've got a little a something. Tissue. I've you're... got some, some food on my lip. Have I? Well, 
Is that food on my lip? You've got a little bit of a bat Sorry? in the cave. I would say you've got a bat in the cave. A bat in, What do you mean bat in the cave? There is a goober. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> there we go. You've is got it a, a goober or a booger? I'm got confused. A, you've got a booger up your schnauzer. Yes. Isn't that a kinder thing to do? Than to just let people go merrily on their uh, way. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's mixing okay. with the world. You've got to know someone well enough, though. Would you do it at the shop? You're at the shops. You're buying a carton of milk. Person to behind a stranger. The counter, person behind the counter serving you. To a stranger? Yeah. Well, yes, I will now. I've made that open. Oh, you now will. I've, I've got, You've got to. to do it. I might get punched in the face. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> someone who's highly offended by it. I don't know. But Thanks. I'll be saying as Thanks they for the do milk. so. Thanks for the milk. By the way, bat in the cave. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I'm so. I feel like I've got really. I don't know. Nostrils. I'm worried I have hairy nostrils. Like a horse. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I've got a horse face, but the nostrils settle on. There could be people hiding in those nostrils. Jeez. Uh, set up camp. What about John Bleeby? <laughs> oh, we've, we've had done, you. Do oh, you so, want me to give another holler? <laughs> um, so, Joe, on another occasion, had another booger up the other <laughs> Stop it! It was even funnier no, than the first stop. one. No, stop! No! Actually, and there was a third book no. of story, but there was rough air. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so. Poor Joey. Oh, come on. It happens to everyone, doesn't it? No. Doesn't it? It's the sound of crickets. Mm. No. Actually, next year's show is called Limo and Booger. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, we took calls um, about secret pets, and I know there's someone who I won't name in this office that often comes in with a bird. Because um, he's not allowed to have it at home. Uh, people handing pets into the RSPCA is a fairly common thing. The number one reason for people handing pets in uh, is that landlords don't allow them, and that and it upsets me. That it upsets me that Joe's mic is down. Yeah, How I was just rude! <laughs> Try to silence her. So heartbreaking a decision yes. to make, I would say, to go and hand your pet in because you're fearful that you will lose the house that you're renting. Yeah, and they are a little furry family member. Uh, so we're uh, celebrating people who are hiding pets from landlords this morning. Kate in Diamond Creek, are you hiding something? Uh, yes, we are. <laughs> what have so you got? I'm just dropping my kids to school and they're trying to listen. Can you hear me? Because I'm on hands-free. So <laughs> what kind of furry friend are you hiding? So when we were renting our previous place, um, we found a cat, a stray black cat, came to us um, through the night. Her name, we decided to name her Midnight because she came to us quite late at night. Beautiful. Um, yeah, the boys. So I'm from a divorced family and we had a family pet, cats and dogs, and then we had to leave them behind when we left. And when uh, yep. the cat came to us through the night, we were just like, yeah, it was meant to be. So, yeah, and each time we get the inspection coming around, we, yeah, we put, um, we put midnight in the shed and her food gets hidden in the dryer. There <laughs> 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 we go. As long as you're not hiding midnight in the dryer. Yeah, so <laughs> they obviously don't check the shed, which is no. a relief for midnight. But good yeah, good so on you, Kate. Well played. Those boys need midnight. Yeah, of course they do. Oh. So uh, we've got our full support here. Kate, yeah. Sam in Lang Warren, are you hiding a pet? No, I'm not hiding a pet, but I am a landlord. Oh, and, uh, I'm, all, and I'm all for um, tenants having pets. It's really important, but how do you cover it as a landlord? Because I appreciate you're fearful that your property will be damaged. Yes, that's correct. And the, the biggest problem for a landlord is that the insurance doesn't actually cover damage caused by pets. Aye, so we, we need to look at having the clause changed in the insurance policy. Yes. All yes. right. So that's so your standard landlord uh, insurance policy will not cover, and you would have to pay extra, I assume, 
Sam, to get it to cover the um, pets? Well, they just don't cover it, and that's it. If yeah. there's any damage caused by a pet and we put a claim in, they don't cover it. So how have you then catered for your tenants that want to have a pet? Okay, I put a special clause in the lease saying that if there is any damage caused by pets, that they are liable for it. Which seems so obvious. That seems That's fair. And simple. Mm. Seems reasonable. You get your pet and if mm. it damages something, you fix it. Mm. There we go. Everyone's got to be happy with that. Thank you, Sam. Uh, Deirdre, what are, what are you hiding from the landlord? Yeah, for the last three years, me and my three children have been hiding two cats, which are rag dolls, and a cavoodle puppy dog. Oh, there we go. Good work, Deirdre. Although, Deirdre, I do. I'm familiar with the rag doll cats. They shared yeah. a lot of hair. So how do you they manage do. to hide that from a, an inspection? Uh, yeah, it takes pretty much a couple of days by the time I have to vacuum around the curtains and it looks so prim and proper. I can't believe it. Just the um, extra mile we go. Yes. Um, putting the cats in the car, um, going for a bit of a drive and the kids take the dogs for a walk around the corner and everything's hidden in a shed or in the boot. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, everything's just, and they have never come, whether they've realise it or not, but we've just got away with it and they've just given the tickets of everything beautiful. So Well yeah, because I reckon as pet owners you're super sensitive to that and you go the extra mile to make sure the place is looked after. The place is probably cleaner. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Deirdre. Good yeah. work. Yeah. There we go. Secret pets. Come on, landlords. Oh, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, how of the week? Oh, well, I just love that the humane, the Royal, excuse me, Humane Society of Australasia hand out bravery awards every year, some of them very sadly, posthumously, mm. to incredible Australians who have saved other people's lives. And we spoke with a gentleman who pulled a woman from a burning car. The Royal Humane Society of Australasia handed out their bravery awards yesterday. Some amazing people have done some incredible things. These are the awards that go to everyday Aussies, aren't they? Everyday Aussies who have just been, I suppose, in the wrong place at the right time. Maybe, or in a couple of cases, I mean, a couple of were posthumously awarded for people who very sadly lost their lives when they went in to help out in situations, which just breaks my heart. You've got good people trying to do the right thing and then... Uh, they pay that ultimate price like that just in an everyday situation is incredibly sad. It is. Uh, joining us, though, is a man who received an award yesterday. His name is Tim Leeming. He is from Pigeon Ponds, which is in regional Victoria. Mm. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Hey, Tim, can we just locate you first? Where uh, Where is Pigeon Ponds? Can you give us a point of reference? Uh, <laughs> I could be really smart give you some really obscure locations, but it's sort of between, it's northwest of Hamilton, sort of about an hour from the South Australian border in Western Victoria. Oh, right, okay. You get, you're get you in my neck of the woods there. I grew up in the Murray Mallee, so you're kind of... Oh, yeah, 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 just south of there. Yeah, so, getting, getting close to me there. Yeah. So you're out on the farm right now. It does sound a little bit windy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm standing under a red gum out of the rain. Actually. Oh, oh well, we appreciate nice. you making time we for us. We do appreciate it. Congratulations yeah. on receiving this uh, bravery award too, Tim. What was it that? Uh, what was the uh, event that led you to receiving the award? Um, I just I was um, going to a field day that I was running with a colleague for some farmers, and we uh, yeah, it was just near where we farm, and I was yeah, I was just driving down the main road, and we came. Came across a, a uh, car accident where a lady had um, uh, upturned a Subaru wagon and um, it was sort of against the tree. And um, yeah, so um, 
we, you know, she was okay and conscious and that sort of thing when when we got there. And uh, mobile service is good at the moment, as as you can hear me. But um, you know, a couple of years ago it wasn't so good. But we managed to ring triple zero. And as I was on the phone to <coughs> to triple zero, given the location of the accident, um, planes started to come out the front of the car. And, um So I sort of went into a bit of a different situation and you know you sort of get overcome with a bit of adrenaline and and had to make a decision pretty quick to get her out and um so i yeah sort of you know caught her as a she was hanging upside down with a seatbelt. we didn't really know you know the extent of her injuries or anything but um you know <laughs> i'd sort of been told as a kid about a story of uh likely of a someone that, that died and um you know was burned alive in a car accident oh. and you sort of yeah. have those things come into your head and you thought well you know despite whatever injuries she might have you sort of just got to get her out and so yeah we got her out and as i sat her in my ute which is sort of 20 or 30 meters away the 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 um the car was fully um oh. sort of to, you know Engulfed with flames, and so, so sort of, yeah, it might have been 15 seconds in it. I reckon wow. there is absolutely no question, Tim, that you saved this woman's life, and and I assume she recovered well after that. Yeah, she was, um, yeah, she was, she was battered and bruised, and that sort of thing, as you'd expect from airbags and all those sort of steering wheels. And but, um, yeah, she was, she was okay. Tim, it is a pretty extraordinary person who runs towards a burning car. Well, I don't know. I, I think, you know, most people would, you know, common sense prevails, isn't it? You just sort of think, well, you know, do you want to witness something more horrifying or do you just, mm. you know, I probably, yeah, you, it's it's the unknown, but, you know, I, I didn't want to have, um, you know, you know, listening to some of the stories yesterday and, and what people had to deal with and losing loved ones and, you, you just sort of you don't want to have a fatality on your hands, despite you know maybe maybe you might cause some further injuries to the mm. person you don't know, but mm. at least they're alive. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's brilliant that we have a system, and thank you to the Royal Humane Society who recognise uh, all of these people, uh, the twenty people here yesterday, and that of course included you, Tim. Uh, congratulations, mate. We love your work. We're glad that you've been recognised. And how's that rain going? Is it pouring down there? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's quite annoying. We're, we're trying to go through a heap of lambs and weighing them up for for sale. So um, yeah, it's uh, oh it's lambs, lambs. Oh, yeah, I thought you said land. Yeah. I was like lambs, right? Oh, I got it. See, the rain's come at the wrong time. Tim, I spoke to my mum yesterday. She's annoyed at the rain because it's interrupting the harvest. Where oh, we are. Wow. oh no, there's, there's, look, there's a lot of people with hay down and things like that. Which, mm. But, yeah, we're still green, so it'll sort of keep us going for another month or so. But it's, you know, it's good and it's bad. Very nice. All right, Tim, well, good to chat and congratulations once again on receiving that bravery award. No worries. That's some very brave work right there. Mm. Good on you. Tim Tim. Leeming. It's true. So my brother's Tim Lehman. Oh, I almost got yeah. confused. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, my whole of the week is we spoke to the uh, bass guitarist for the Violent Femmes, Brian Ritchie. Oh, actually, I can't remember a time in my life when I haven't been a fan of this band. It is mm. the Great Violent Femmes, and we welcome from the Great Violent Femmes. <laughs> Brian Ritchie, good morning. Maybe we should change our name to the Great Violent Femmes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's a, got a good ring to it. You, yeah. I mean, you have 
endured, though. Do you what? Because I mean, not all bands endure, but the Violent Femmes have endured. What do? Why do you think that is? We have an enduring relationship <laughs> with each other, <laughs> just like every band. Yeah. But uh, the music keeps us together, and also the relationship that we have with the audience, because yeah. it's unique. I mean, our our sound is unique. Nobody yes. else sounds like that. So if people want to get that sound, they have to come to the source, and we have to provide it. Right but there. also, uh, I think it's that for our generation, Leems, mm. we discovered your music. Like that Blister in the Sun album was, for me, so seminal to my teen years. All of the messages on it, the sound of it, that rebellious spirit that came to it. Mm. And now in my 40s, I saw you last year on A Day in the Green and I was back there in that rebellious time of my teen years. So That's, it was like a flashback. It, <laughs> <laughs> a good one. A, good a really one. good one. But, you know, like it just it puts you exactly in that stage of life, but somehow it still stays, stays relevant. Well, there's still young kids getting into it. Like I, I was stopped mm. on the street recently by I presumably about 15 or 16-year-old girl who said, oh, I just started playing bass because of you. Thank <gasps> you so much. And I'm thinking if we can still inspire teenagers to pick up an instrument, that means the music has yeah. force. Mm. No doubt. I remember I was at boarding school and we were allowed to smoke when I was at boarding school in the 80s. It was weird. We are in the smoker's <laughs> rec room. <laughs> True story. And a mate had got the cassette and yeah, he came up I and played it. I remember those. And we went, we heard the first song and went, oh, that is unreal. And, mm. we went, and there's another one. Mm. And another one. Every song. And another one. And then, then we just and then we just flogged the guts out of it until yeah. the, until the tape broke, I believe. And so now, do you see old people like rocking out at your concerts? We have the full range. We have we have three generations. Mm. Sometimes we have the grandmother, daughter, <laughs> and, 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 a, and a kid who's maybe <laughs> ten or, or twelve or something like that. Yeah. And they come and they want, they come to get the autograph signed. And I say, you know, bringing this young kid, it, it's child abuse. <laughs> Everybody laughs and it's a good vibe. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> How was that? I mean, because you were, you were young dudes back then, Violent Femmes. Well, when we started, Gordon was 18. I was, he, Gordon was still in high school when we started, actually. And you, uh, with, the, with that album, the Blister in the Sun album, I mean, you guys must have rocketed. How was that? Because I know some bands have struggled with that trajectory, understandably. How did you guys cope with that almost instant fame? It's difficult. Uh, well, Victor and I, the drummer, we, we had other jobs and other bands before that. But for Gordon, it was his first band, first time he ever played with a rhythm yeah. section. He was still living with his parents so and, and then rocketed to instant very small level success, but worldwide. Yeah. Because, like, we could tour anywhere in the world. The first time we came here to Australia was 1984, and we had 200 people or something at the shows, and that was the same market we had everywhere in the world, but they were 200 fanatics. Oh, oh so awesome. Love the fams, hey, yeah. and uh, love love that week. What, and, hey, we went number one this week, too. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Yeah. It's number one FM Bristol Show. Well, thank you. Joe and Limo for breakfast. On Gold 104.3.